I'm Mark Lutz. I'm the Growth and Healing Pastor and Director of Life Reset Ministries at The Vineyard. Thanks for joining me for this First Things First devotional. I was reading in Acts chapter 12, and boy, what an action-packed chapter that is. In this chapter, we read about Peter's been held in, in jail, and the next day he's going to have a public trial and, and no doubt treated violently. But in the middle of the night, God sends an angel for a jailbreak. And he gets Peter out, and Peter finds his way to the home where people had been praying for him. And uh, they get together and they celebrate this amazing victory that God has brought them. But just before that part, we read where James, the brother of John, had been put to death by Herod. Obviously not a victory there. But again, later in the chapter, Herod's giving a public speech, and he's great, the people love it, and they say, these are the words of a God, not of a man. And Herod welcomes the praise until the one true God takes offense and strikes him with worms, and he's eaten from the inside out until he dies. You have this sort of sense of uh, satisfaction and injustice served, uh, thinking about how he uh, killed James. And uh, so this is sort of the ebb and flow of believers' lives back then. Uh, the evil side would uh, oppose them and, and have a victory, and then the, God's people would have a victory, and evil side would inflict harm, and God's people would endure and, and continue the mission, and, and it would just go back and forth and up and down. Has your life been like that lately? Back and forth, up and down? Have you prayed for someone uh, and seen them healed of a, a nearly fatal illness? and then later learn of a good person who passed away and, and leaves behind a, a grieving family. Uh, there are times when in my head I'll think, why do we bother? If every time God's people get a victory, the evil side comes back with a punishing blow, what's the point? If uh, there's always gonna be pain and suffering and injustice, no matter what we do, why do we bother? Well, at the end of chapter 12, there's a little verse, and you could miss it easily, you could read right past it, but it says, that after all of this, God's word increased and spread. You see, all the attacks of the enemy, the, the illness, the injustice, uh, poverty, even death, could not stop God from advancing his mission and his kingdom. His kingdom is headed for a destiny, uh, a destiny where uh, the, eventually his kingdom will overtake and overwhelm all resistance. And because you're in God's story, that's your destiny too. Uh, the Apostle John, he wrote in Revelation uh, about this future time. He said he heard a voice that said, the time is coming when God will be with his people uh, and he will be their God. They will be their, his people. He'll wipe away every tear. There'll be no more sorrow, no more death. That's the future that we're headed for. And so this world with all the pain and the suffering, uh, it's not the, the forever it's not even the biggest thing, and it's certainly not the last word. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, many of us are going through things that don't feel very light or momentary. And in the context of this world alone, they're not. It's only when we make allowance in our uh, awareness of this other world, this uh, invisible eternal world that's wrapped around this material world that we're living in currently, only when we account for that 
do our, our trials and our suffering shrink to their appropriate uh, proportions? And so uh, we have this uh, to account for, this invisible world. Now, I, again, being honest with you, I have to say that sometimes the thought comes to my mind, an invisible world, really? Aren't you just pretending, playing make-believe? Uh, you're not giving in to fake news, are you? And when I have these doubts in my mind, I know they're not there by accident. That's the enemy trying to sow seeds of doubt. But I do this. I take my mind back to this truth, that Jesus seemed very confident that this invisible eternal world was real. In John chapter 6, he says that he came from that place, and it was there that he saw the Father. In John chapter 14, Jesus says he's going to go back there, and he's going to get a place ready and take us there. And so as much as it might strain my imagination to believe in an invisible kingdom, an invisible God, Jesus seemed very confident. And he was known for being a truth teller, being of sound mind, being brilliant. Jesus was not a liar. He was not delusional. And he acted like that was very real. And so encouraged by that, that there is this other thing happening alongside of, of what we're facing as well. Let's commit to the plan that we're going to leave room for the eternal at work around us, and that we're going to commit to the work of seeing God's word uh, increase and advance, and that when hard things come to us, uh, we're not too surprised, and we don't let them throw us off, where we stay true to the course and just accept them as part of our adventure. That's a little bit like the adventure we read there in Acts chapter 12. So would you pray with me? Father, we look forward to the day when we do get to be with you in the fullness of your kingdom. Until then, give us the courage, the strength, and the will to be faithful in our adventure. Whatever difficulties come, we look forward to you leading us and to you taking us to that destiny that you have prepared for us. We love you and we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.